go. It's thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. It's thirsty Thursday. Thirsty. And I have a leftover. I have a leftover bottle of wine as well. Should we? Yo. Should we drink it while we talk? Yeah. Just see. Go get it real quick. Yeah, that's a great idea. Jason, go get the wine real quick. Jang, hook us up. Hook us up, gang. While we wait for Jason to gang, gang, pour it out. You know what's sick? His last name is Jang. Really, Jang. No, no, his real first name is Jang. His first name is Jason. No, no, his real first name is Jang. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, like, like, because their last name is their first name. You know, like, gangster, jangster. Their family name, right? So, Jang's your first name. Jangster the gangster. And it's Jang Min. That's hard, bro. Right? It's Min. It's a hard ass name. Jangster. Jang Min. Jangster. Jangster the gangster. Yeah, young jangster. No one says, all right, so, uh, what's going on in your life right now, man? I know you're busy. Can you? I'm, I'm, dude, you've been been stuck in your phone. Where have you been? Where's your head at? You know, that's the thing that, that's actually a great thing to talk about for me is that because I'm always on my phone, always, but I don't just go on my phone and mindlessly look at social media apps. I work on my phone Mm -hmm. and I set up my career to the point where my job entails me moving my thumbs, making phone calls and working on my laptop. That's how I make income, mm-hmm. you know, with those devices. So when I'm laying in my bed, you know, on my phone, listening to music, pumping out thousands of emails a fucking day, you know, <laughs> people are looking at me like, damn, you've been in your bed all day. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I made 10K today. You know I, yeah, <laughs> I tell you that every day. I'm like, yo, get out of bed. And you're like, I just made $10,000. Like, all right, you stay in your bed. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> just like sending emails, setting up deals and stuff like that. But, dude, I have been, I have been pretty busy. Um, there's a, a campaign I'm working on that's coming coming to an end um, for recruitment for the clients. On the 20th of July, it's going to be going like, oh, thank you, Jang. Is this wine? Oh, you're drinking a beer? I'm I fucking wine? hate beer, but apparently I'm no, drinking beer. No, he's got to drink wine with me. There's a brand new bottle. What is this crusty old wine you just gave me? Who do you, who do I look like to you? I'll take the crusty wine actually. What am I a whore you brought to church? I'll take crusty wine. I don't like beer, so I'll drink the crusty wine. Dude, Ugh. crack a new bottle. Crack a bottle. Let your body wobble. <sighs> don't act like a sloppy model. You this does taste like some crusty ass wine. All right, Wait, so you hold have a on. Back to that. I, I do have a I do have a campaign coming yeah. up. I'm also working on some. No, let, go more into the campaign because I know, but like it's interesting. I want to know more. Like, yeah. Realistically, I would love to know how on you, the 20th the campaign on the 20th. Am I allowed to say? Well, I can I can talk about it if you want me to. Yeah, I want to. I I personally just want to know more about that's how just you one even of, got that's, involved. That's taking that. up probably about 20 percent of my time though. The yeah. other 80 percent of my time has to do with a university I'm creating. An actual university. Let's course. go. Let's go into. I can start with the campaign though, because it's pressing. Do what's quickest to explain. Because I'm just, I just want to sit back and listen to you talk. Because I'm in the place of my life right now where it's like shit's starting to move for me a little bit in different directions. We'll exciting stuff. Exciting. Very, very stuff. exciting stuff. So right but, now, I. But am, I want to. I want to sit back and. Yeah. Just I like this. I like this. Where your head's at right now. And I will. I do want to say this as well. We've done about three podcasts now. This is Three. the this is the preseason. The way me and Bryce talk about it is, yeah, we wanted to do like four of them to get out of the way, kind of like in the football season, they have four preseason games and the real season starts. Yeah, and so we were like, yo, let's just do it, 
literally no limits. Talk about whatever we want. Work the kinks out. Some questionable things I may have said. Some questionable <laughs> things Bryce may have said. Um, you know, listening back on to the the past podcast, I thought it was fun. Um, do I regret talking about Obama's daughters? Probably a little bit. Probably wouldn't do that again. <laughs> Um, but it was fun and it was in the moment and I just wanted people to understand that we, we just talk about whatever we want. At here. least we got canceled the first episode. We At least both we, got can- did. we had Apparently, to get canceled the first episode. Like you were talking yeah. about Obama's daughters. Apparently I said that I want to be Chris D'Elia. Like, yeah. Apparently we both got canceled. I mean, so we started if we got this, canceled in the first episode, I think we have a lot, a lot, we have longevity. We're uncancelable now. Thank we're you, We're literally really uncancelable, and we did this at a young age, too. Like, we're going to be 40, and people are going to try to cancel us. Be like, bitch, we already been canceled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I look back at it, I didn't say anything that has to do with any values I'm against. Um, you know, talking about, like, a dream, a hypothetical dream yeah. is, you know, it's not real. But still, I mean, I said um, something that I guess I'm against, because I, I didn't know it sounded like that. Yeah, I'm. And it's, I it's don't want to be because, Crystal because at right, all. Yeah, I'm, and I don't want to. I hate pedophilia. I don't want to sound weird at all either. My my story was me that I was trying to like what it would be like if I could actually date one of Obama's daughters, and then I like actually ex- explained <laughs> my dream, which was maybe I got a, you know too too much information, but um. I wanna, what I was trying to say before is, you can we before you go in yeah I just want to like make it known. I don't want to be Crystal at all. We I want to be this. the opposite of Crystalia. I know. This. I want to be someone who builds up the younger generation and has them look up to me and build with them. To be honest, Crystalia, even though he released documents, I look more into it. He's still sketchy. There's still a lot sketchy. of sketchy shit around it. He's sketchy, it. dude. Yeah, he, I mean, bro. Sometimes you can just look at someone's eyes and be like, "There's something off." Speaking but, of eyes, I saw Nick Kroll today, and I literally witnessed him just because of his eyes. We'll talk about that in a second, okay. but I didn't want to forget. But. I just want to dive in, and, and this goes hand in hand with the news that broke today that Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. You know, obviously she was a part of Jeffrey Epstein's whole thing with the, the pedophilia mm-hmm. ring and sex trafficking and everything like that. So fuck them. But honestly, I just want to put my two cents out there for pedophilia. Yeah. I think pedophiles should be hung on live television. Like yeah. we did this to Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Because that's going to create an environment. It's very, it's very, you know, out to the say. It's pretty hang intense. on TV. It's, it's very, intense. very intense. Very intense. Can you imagine kids seeing people get hung when they're very young? You know, mommy. We saw it. When mommy, we were daddy. Young. Why did, why did that, you know, person get hung? Oh, well, he murdered, you know, millions of people. Oh, okay. I won't do that. Exactly. So let's start doing so that. So I for see where you're coming from. Oh, he touched little kids. I see where you're coming from. And ruined from. not only them in that moment, but pedophilia. Is it aggressive? Maybe. But is, it's necessary. Is this generation a little too? censored and babied absolutely yeah there's no i mean i'm not saying there's no way for me to say that no one's struggling in this generation that's not true at all but what i'm trying to say is people born in this generation struggling way less than people that had less resources and opportunities Mm -hmm. in past generations and then also has to do with socioeconomic uh differences as well and so what i did want to say before we get a little bit into that um yeah go for it the canceled stuff um a lot of people are getting like dug up on and like really old stuff about them people are just bringing up and talking about them and like dude honestly it's like how much time do people have on their on their hands well that's the thing is because of you know technology and how bored we all are especially now in quarantine yeah it's people are able to just go back and search everything and it's kind of easy man you just kind of you can just go on twitter and type in someone's name and type like the n-word and type anything mm-hmm. that you want or the f-word or anything you want to see if they said and it'll pull tweets up from 2008 dude like 
It's wild. It's, it's easy. And people grow, people, people change, people, have people, all, people accept their we, differences and their mistakes. And then they're like, I want to move forward from this. And then people latch onto it. And then you don't allow people to grow and change. And that's the biggest thing is evolution. Yeah. But before we get more into that, I think the people who should not be allowed to grow and change are pedophiles. And here's why. 100%. I think pedophiles should be killed at the stake in front of everybody. Live TV should be a thing. Um, because honestly, pedophilia is probably even worse than murder. You're not only impacting someone, a young person, in that moment. But that sticks with them for the rest of their entire life. And you're stealing someone's and innocence. 100%. And that's why it sticks with them priceless. forever. Priceless. And, it's, and then these people who have been molested in different ways, it impacts how they interact with their future friends, interact with how they interact of course. Um, with their future family, their kids. It's a, it's a fucked up... It impacts way more people than even a murder does. Yeah. And... It's a lifelong, it's a spiderweb effect. It's a lifelong spiderweb effect. And I think if we can stop every type of pedophilia right now, our, our, just our whole entire world it will be better off in the future. Which is why I'm glad they arrested Ghislaine because they're, hopefully she Ghislaine. doesn't commit fucking name? suicide. Ghislaine. Yeah, quote unquote commit suicide. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend who literally helped him do it all with Bill Clinton and all them. Dude, and people like Jeffrey Epstein, like that stuff is just like scary, bro. Like that exists, yeah. that type of power and that type of like secretive cult styled weird shit is happening in the world. Like it's really just yeah, the whole uncomfortable. It makes it makes you just get like it makes me get like antsy and like I don't know. It makes me want to fight. Like it makes me want to fight. Yeah, against the people that do that type of shit and same. And realistically, man, I hope she doesn't quote unquote kill herself because we need answers. We need to know who is more involved. We know people that were involved. We know people that went to the island. It's time for this person, Ghislaine, to literally come out and say it all. I think Bill Clinton had a way bigger hand in it. I told you this. I'll roundhouse her ass. Kick her right in the face. I will. I I will too. I'll do it after you. But (laughs) I think there's way more to this story in that Jeffrey Epstein documentary that came out on Netflix I told you this after we watched it. I was like, I think Bill Clinton has way more to do with it because James, I think it was James Patterson who did the documentary. Yeah. And he's really good friends with Bill Clinton. And in the documentary... I heard that uh, Jang's really good friend, friends with Bill Clinton also. <laughs> Jang, do you, are you friends with Bill Clinton? No. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, okay. See, fake news. You know? like, <laughs> fake news is everywhere. Dude. It was on Twitter today, like but trending. Jang and Bill Jang Clinton. Jang and Bill just hanging out. Hit but, Saddle Ranch together. But listen, yeah. so I think like Bill Clinton is good friends with this guy, James, who does the documentary. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he puts in the documentary about like, Bill Clinton is what the whole world already knows, is that he flew on the plane 27 times. So that's all he put in it. If... I'm your friend and you did something fucked up and I have the ability to create a whole narrative to make you seem more innocent than you are. I'm going to do that, right? You're talking about Bill Clinton and I'm talking Jeffrey about Epstein. Bill Clinton and James Patterson. James Patterson. Because James Patterson, I believe it's James Patterson. James Patterson is made, relevant because he made the documentary. He made that documentary. And so he's friends with Bill Clinton. And Bill so Clinton he had the ability. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Bill Clinton was actually the ringleader. I think Jeffrey Epstein was just a fall guy. Because when someone dies, they can't they can't talk for themselves anymore. You're right, dude. I think there's a, a handful of elites in the world right now that are straight 
lunatics. Like we talk about the Illuminati as kids yeah. and this powerful group of people. Dude, there is a powerful group of people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether or not their name is the Illuminati and it's some triangle with an eye in it as the yeah. logo, who the fuck knows? You know what we do know? There's extremely powerful people out there that have their hands in different pots that can change the narrative and that can manipulate media to be on their side so that they can continue living their life the way they want. And that's really why the 1% inequality exists in America and why it's an issue to some people. And that's why they think the wealth should be redistributed in in certain ways because there's too much power in certain places. But then again, there's very wealthy people who build it from nothing, who are super wealthy now. They can do whatever they want with their money and they still choose to donate and help others. They do good stuff. They do good things. I mean, for both of us, we both know in our heads we're going to be super rich, right? I don't want... Like, I'm going to give our money... I'm going to give my money to certain things I believe in, but I don't want a socialist economy where someone who doesn't work as hard as I do for my money, I have to give them directly money oh i agree completely, yeah i don't man. think socialism and, is you know I'm, i wouldn't consider myself super rich right now by any means but well, you're I, much more blessed than most 23 year olds I'm, i would consider myself more blessed than 23 year olds and i also take care of people around me and people back on the east coast that yeah. you know i look out for that you know nobody really knows about and you know like that's just between me and those people because yeah. i want to take care of others and give them the opportunity that i didn't get to have right mm, definitely so there's no reason for me not to Give someone that chance if they're putting in the drive and the ambition. They just don't come from an economic background that gives them the ability to try different things. That's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. That's not fair. And that's the thing. That's the, one of the main reasons I moved out here and why I wanted to make a difference with my business. Really, was like yeah. show other people like there is a new way to live your life if you go after, you know, what you care about. There's a way to get around those financial hurdles. You know, so and the and the main thing and I talked to my parents about this literally yesterday is. You know, me and you both came from areas in the world where we pretty much had to dig ourselves out of a grave to even get to where we wanted to begin our life. Yeah. You know, like I came from Kansas City. You came from the outskirts of Philadelphia. Yeah. Philly. And we both knew we were supposed to be in L.A. It took us longer than we would have liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got here when you were 18, right? I got here when I was 18, 18 by myself. Yeah. Okay. And I got here by myself when I was 23. So about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so... Honestly, like, we wasted a lot of our life when we could have been out here, you know, had the opportunity to be born here. I will... Because everyone wants... I will definitely say something about that. Go for it. I believe that being raised in a place outside of California and outside of Los Angeles and Santa Barbara, where I first encountered California, actually made it better because when you move from a place that doesn't have the same opportunity to a place that has all of it different scenery different economy different society all around new culture shock yeah it changes you as a man as a human woman man you know whatever you know it's 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 challenging dude because yeah, it gives you, you a better work. You move to a new place and you're like, what am, what is this? It's it's mm-hmm. exciting, dude. It's like you're in a movie or something. Like, damn, I can't believe this exists. And it's like, you know that that new moment when you experience something or like the first time you ever like went in the ocean or the first time <laughs> you ever went on a roller coaster or first time you ever sat in a movie theater and the, all the lights went out with a giant screen. Yeah. It's just so exciting and like, wow, this is sick. Like, that's what it's like when you move to a place like California and Mm -hmm. you're like holy shit there's opportunity everywhere and I think that if I was raised here 
the reason I say this because I know so many kids that were raised here that are just blinded and they mm-hmm. take everything for granted. Yeah. And the thing is, they just don't see it. They don't see the opportunity and why it's different. It's a bubble. And people talk about the bubble of LA and the bubble of Hollywood and things like that. Dude, it exists for sure. It's because that bubble, that bubble is, I mean, that bubble is people who have been able to win the life lottery. People all over the world want to move to LA for the opportunity, for the people they can meet, just to live the lifestyle. Definitely. So these people were born there. That's why the bubble exists. But there's a they're lot already of people, in the bubble that we want to be in. But there's a lot of people that live in LA that, that don't struggle, have to work hard. That don't have to work hard, but struggle. And yeah. you know why they struggle? Their mindset's because fucked up. Their mindset, literally. And their awareness, bro. They don't, mm-hmm. they're not aware of like what's around them. Or like, you know, there's certain areas in LA that are, are really bad. You know, like there's, oh, for sure. there's yeah. places in LA that, that I would say are up there with like North North Philly, like like hard yeah. streets, like where Meek Mill like well, Compton, bro. Yeah, like Compton's Compton, one of the worst. Is. Inglewood's really bad. Bro, but like, shit. but here's the deal: if you, that's but the cool thing about from, that, it's is, an hour from us. Yeah, not even, not even like, like it's like, like Compton's like thirty minutes, less away. than an hour. Yeah. But when you come from a place outside of LA and you move here, you have that different blood with the West mm-hmm. Coast vision. And I relate to so many other people that when I say this, and I'm sure people listening will relate as well. You, uh, and I. It's, this is not every California person because I know there's some really intelligent people and some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life were born here and they were raised here and they have great lives. So yeah. I'm not generalizing, but I'm saying a majority, you know, when you're not from LA and you move here, you can see right through everybody and 100%. you have such an upper hand on everything. You can see all that superficial fakeness, the fake smiles, the, the, uh, what's it called? The, like. Just small talk, small talk. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, just all the, the, small shit, talk. the bullshit, dude. You're like, miss me with that. You can sift through the bullshit. You, you can, can sift find the real bullshit, much dude. easier. Yeah. And that's something I think, yeah, but so you you were born in, in the outskirts of Philadelphia your whole entire life, I'm, right? I'm, I'm from Philly, bro. Like, it takes, okay. me, it takes 10, 15 minutes to get to the city. I grew up in a suburb of Philly. Like, you know, I wasn't, yeah, so I wasn't in the hood in, in Philly, but like, I was in the city all the time with my friends and I, I, I grew up in a place so, uh, so called you, Interboro. So you stayed in there your whole life. So for me, I think I have a difference of opinion mm. because I was born in Seattle and lived in Seattle till I was 13 and then was taken from that amazing area to Kansas. So you moved around a little bit before. So that's what I'm saying is I've moved and I've seen So your friends. So I know for a fact that I would have been better off if I had well, I mean it depends on what to say but like I would have more opportunity if I had been born in LA or born or kept stayed in Seattle. My life would have been different in different ways. Yes. Yeah. And everything happens for a reason. I'm not saying that moving to Kansas was a bad thing. But I I don't I think that as an intrinsically motivated person, it doesn't matter where I would have been. Yeah. I would have been working my ass off and if I had the same mindset that I have now and I was born in LA Think what I've already, I would have already accomplished. Certainly, age I am right now. You feel me? Yeah. And I know you feel the same way. I think I'd be light years ahead if I was born in a place Bro, like this. We'd already be millionaires for sh- like mega millionaires because we have that drive, we have that passion, we yeah. have that talent in different things. Definitely. And so now, like, and I got that whole digging yourself out of a grave idea and ideology from Eric because he said it first to me. He was because mm-hmm. he's from Kansas City as well, and he's like, "Man, we had to dig ourselves out of a grave to even get to where." life begins. I can totally relate. And I feel that because I feel like where I grew up was kind of like, you know, you're just surrounded by it's dead. Yeah. It's dead. And uh, when you said normal digging out of a grave, like you really just gave me flashback. Like 
I have my best friends I grew up with. I can't imagine what it was like for you moving around from different places, building new friends after one another. I feel really bad for kids that move around a lot when they're younger and they can't build like a foundation of core friends to build with and have memories with like, dude, excuse me, I just burped. That's, (laughs) that's, that's rough, bro. I really feel for them. And like having a core group of friends I always had and like, I had I had friends when I was growing up and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not going to go deep into it, but, like, I never had to worry about that. Yeah. But I was also a different kid to the point where just because I had friends doesn't mean I felt like I belonged. Exactly, because you felt are like not I belonged. content with normalcy. I was never, and I had definitely had a different uh, perspective. And I think that when I, at a young age, built this pers- perspective on the world and my, my mom and my dad kind of allowed me to, you know creatively be myself and then i was able to you know research shit online and figure out things like wow like this little tiny ass you know township i live in ain't shit like delco is nothing compared to what's out with the rest of the world and so that's when i got to the point where i was like dude i just need to send it and go after my dreams and if it doesn't work at least i can say i tried yeah and and hopefully we can be just you know a guideline for people who who listen to this and are stuck in a situation where they're not content with normalcy either and they don't feel like they belong where they are yeah you can get out i mean right now corona's killed, crushing it like it's, it's hard to like really move around right now but when this shit ends because it's gonna end eventually and if it doesn't end then we'll you know the earth will be over regardless so yeah um but when it ends you can make shit happen and like it's such a it's such an irritating thing and i love my kansas city friends i really do but like it's irritating because i see so much potential in a few of my Kansas City friends that are still there, but they they'll never tap into it because they're content like with normalcy. No, not that. No, they're they're smart people. They have careers. They're 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 moving, but they could be doing so much more. So you don't think it's that they're uneducated? You think no. it's that they're just literally okay with the small town lifestyle? They're okay with normalcy. Well, that's that's a different conversation. She's very different. Because if you're saying that then I'm going to say this. I think that people who want to live that small town life deserve to do it. And they don't, totally. they, if they don't want to live a bigger, uh, they don't expand their quality of living, which is what it really comes down to, or they already have the quality of living that reaches their standards. Yeah. Why would they go after something more when they're comfortable and they're living a happy life? If they're happy, bro, and they have love that's in their life, that that's all that matters. We talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, that that's all that matters, but it's, and I know for us being Virgos and people who are just go-getters and motivators and intrinsic work ethic people, like, when you see potential in a friend and they're not tapping into it, it pisses us off. And so... You didn't say friends. If it's friends... It's my friends. That's what I'm saying. It's my direct friends. I get on my friends' asses. Dude, To the same, point where they, they get annoyed. They don't make any steps. But they'll get annoyed to the point where they're like, Blake shut up like i'm gonna do it and i'm like all right we'll do it and then i'll stop calling you or texting you i know and they well i make my friends do stuff like i try like my best friend you can't force people though like some of my best best friends you know like i'll i'll call them and be like did you you know do this estimate or yo did you you know did you do you write up that new like uh that idea did you you move move forward on that concept you know because a lot of a lot of my friends like i'm gonna be real like they they're not like super wealthy from back home you know people i know in la um, you know, they're very wealthy very, and, and very successful. Yeah. Like I have a lot of different friend groups, yeah. but my friends from back home, they don't got it like that and they no. want it. See, that's the difference I feel like. 
So your friends, you can see in your friends the drive to accomplish. I know how, how talented some of the people from back home are. Like, for example, the kid Shilly I was telling you about, mm-hmm. incredible artist, mm-hmm. one of my best friends growing up. I, I was on the swimming diving team jumping out of, uh, you know, 10-meter platforms and Speedos with this kid when I was like eight years old. How'd your balls look next to his? I had a tiny nutsack when I was eight. <laughs> oh That's a fact. <laughs> I thought you always had the big kahunas because you did that one surgery where the, your balls got enlarged. That was, that was after I was eight. Okay. I didn't get it when I was eight. Can you imagine me, eight-year-old, walking Just around with some huge jugs? Some oh, jugs. On this. That would be a... Uh, so, so Shilly, you see potential in Shilly, but does Shilly want it? He wants it. He's coming out to LA next week. We should have him on here. Literally. Yeah, let's do it. We'll talk, and he'll tell you about what it's like. <clears throat> yeah. And you get to hear the Delco accent, the Philly accent. He got, he got, he has a thick one. I'll tell him to to express us some cheesesteaks too. That'd be hard. Oh my god. That'd be great. I've never actually had a legitimate Philly cheesesteak. We have like. Firehouse subs in Kansas that has Philly cheesesteaks. I would, those are I would not that literally great. fight Jang right now for a cheesesteak. Jang would, would beat your ass. Look at this new haircut he got. Anybody would beat my ass right I now. I wish we had video. Oh, I mean, you'll, you guys will see it next week when we have video. But Jang, you got Jang's haircut is steezy, dude. Dude, does it make you feel any different? Jang's haircut is steezy. It doesn't make you feel this. It doesn't give you like more confidence? No, it's the same. It's like the same length, but just No, I know, but it looks incredible. It does look very good. So it does. So, so you don't find any extra confidence in looking good. Oh uh, no, I do. Oh, you do. Okay, so don't bullshit us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's definitely got some confidence yeah, with that no, new flow. No, I just look in the mirror every day. Like, yeah, damn, I'd fuck myself. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you do? What do you do when you look in the mirror? Damn, I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you give yourself the finger guns, yeah. dude. I will say this, Jang. I like, taught you that. Last I know, week, I taught you the finger guns. <laughs> Bro, last week, the fucking Bang Jang segment, yeah, we were roasting you and teaching you how to talk, but bro, we might have to change the Bang Jang segment to be like, dang, Jang, how many people did you bang this week? You're looking spicy. Yeah, instead of You're bang losing Jang, weight. You're looking good, dude. Instead of Bang Jang, we're going to call it Jang Banged question Jay, mark? Jang Bangs. Jang Bangs question mark? <laughs> Jang Bangs? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just Oh, kidding. but dude, like, I mean, so you, it sounds like you have friends who are really motivated to go and get it. My thing I love my friends, in bro. Kansas, bottom of my heart, yeah. like I will die for my friends from back home. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I can count them on course, my two hands. Of course, they're your friends, and we I can don't count we don't them on use, two hands. That's the thing. We don't use friends lightly. We don't use that word lightly. The of thing course, is, we're gonna love the them. thing is though that there's going to be surprising for a lot of people listening to this. Yeah, that are my friends back home. Is that I'm recording in underwear right now? Well, that <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number two, that we're almost done our first glass mm. of wine, and uh, you just finished yours. I guess and more wine. And number three is that these uh, friends from back home, yeah, a lot of them are acquaintances. And I'm not saying that in a way that's like I'm trying to tear anybody friendly down. Friendly acquaintances. It's like yeah. I have a friendly relationship and they're an acquaintance to me. A friend to me is someone that I look out for, I contact to hang out with, not somebody I run into at the same bar at the same place at yeah, the same time that. every year. How you doing, man? You know, oh, dude, how's Cali? The same question every time for four years straight. When it when it gets to that point, that's when I just kind of like stop talking to those people. Or when I'm talking to them, I just kind of have a, that smirk on my, you know, that like classic smirk I yeah, have. Yeah, it's like, well, you don't really care about me. And I'm just like, oh yeah, it's great. You know, I just you know got three girls pregnant, and I walk <laughs> away. I'll just make some shit up. And I'm like, I, I'm not entertaining this combo. Like, yeah. I'm over it. 
Um, but yeah, like a lot of people that consider you a friend mm-hmm. might not actually be considered a friend by in us. Your eyes. In my I eyes, I went yeah. through this. I'm just friendly with I told people. You, I told you this story the other day, but I thought. There's a difference between being yeah. friendly and being friends. 1000%. When you're my friend, I will. I, I know I talk about killing a lot on this podcast already, but I'd kill for my friends. If it yeah. came down to it, if you're my friend and I say, hey, you are my friend, I'd kill for you. My family and my friends is the only people, humans, yeah. that I would take another human's life. Yeah, I'd put my life in, on the line. In defense, in defense for them. Of course. It, no, yeah. Not for any other reason. Not because someone said something, a word. If someone physically is attacking, I'm, is, I'm, I'm is trying to take my friend or my family's life, yeah. I'm stepping up to the plate and going super scion. Yep. Super Saiyan, and I'm literally gonna kill somebody. You have to because those are that's your that's your blood. Like even though you're not related, when someone's, I mean, just talking in my own perspective, when someone I call, you're my friend. If you're my friend, you're now my blood. Yeah, I don't use the word friend lightly at all. There's people who think they're my friends that are not my friends. Yeah, we're friendly. You're a friendly acquaintance. I like you. Friendly fellow. I'm not, I'm not blood. You are no. not blood. Mm-mm. And that's okay. And I think that's how it should be. I think we have too much of these people and our culture and our, our generation that are too friendly and, and they use that friend word too lightly and it becomes... Agreed. And it, and it, and it creates these relationships that aren't real. They, it creates these relationships that aren't sustainable. It creates these relationships that will end yeah. in heartbreak because... I will say this. Yeah, go for it. When I said I can count my friends on my two hands, I meant best friends. I want to be clear about that because I have more than... I have a lot of friends, like people yeah, that are my that friends. That goes back to friendly acquaintances. My friends that I, friends that I, I am friends with, that I've met, that I hang out with, I consider them a friend. Yeah. Like a lot of people. But that's, that's friendly acquaintances, that's, that's, like you already said earlier. That's No, no like there's, there's people that I consider like actual friends. But then there's people outside of friends that I consider acquaintances. Which is okay. just so I you have, got tears. You got best friends. Friend I have tears. I have best friends. I have friends. Yeah. And then there's friendly acquaintances. And then outside of that is just civilization, humans <laughs> that I yeah. don't know and don't yeah. barely talk to. But the thing is, with my best friends, when we're talking about that, because that's the pocket we're talking about right now. Yeah. I will do anything for my best friends. I will over. I will overcompensate and literally just do anything for them. And yeah. I think that's why it's it's a burden to be someone like us who have that sort of quality. Cause there is, there are individuals who are just like, they, they don't think like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like whatever they need, whatever they're trying to pursue, their goals become my goals. When they're yeah. thinking about something, it's like, I need to think about it as well. Mm-hmm. And I How take I help on, this person? I take I on that grow? burden all the time. And that's kind of that same thing with like emotions. And that's where we talk about like empaths and people that do have those empathic traits mm-hmm. where you can take on other people's like emotions and energy and the way they feel. And it's like, you know, I mean, a lot of people say like, "Oh, you're soft for that," or like talking about that. Nah, it's, it's like, you dude, care. you're I mean, a boss for that. I'm never you're a leader. I don't feel. I I don't even like like saying things like no homo or like oh like oh that's like soft to Pause. say. You sound like you sound like a girl. Pause. That's that shit's so dumb. Like honestly, being able to get in touch with your like feminine side as a dude mm-hmm. and being able to talk to women about certain things or men that makes you so powerful and vulnerable to the point where it's like yeah it's because it means it makes you a, it makes you a leader it makes you a leader if you can speak to both sides in a way that's meaningful you're a leader and great word i mean like that's that's the only thing words. that matters is is how do you lead people 
because there's a way you can be a boss or you can be a leader. Mm -hmm. A boss, your long-term success with your team is not going to be the same as a leader. The leader, the person who's a leader, is going to have much more long-term success. Trump's a boss. Trump's a boss. He's not a leader. Exactly. And you already see it's been four years. Trump's a boss. In his fourth year, shit's crumbling for him. Because people are like, I don't feel unified. I don't feel like I want to fight for this person anymore. Even in his own cabinet. If he's a leader... He'd be wrong. Who's a leader? Who's the leader, you say? The Rock. Yes. Dwayne Johnson is, the, I mean, is we, a leader. We haven't seen him in a leadership role. I will say that. Yeah, huh? He talks vocally about things. Who else is I a know, leader? But Who Kevin else Hart. is a leader? Let's, let's talk Kevin about Hart's a leader. Kevin Hart's a leader. Yeah. Philly guy. 100%. I mean, when it comes to world leaders, it's just we need people to start Who's a leader? Up. Greta Thunberg. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Greta Thunberg is 100% a plant used by gross politicians. She's a kid who's like 16 who doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. She's a plant. Completely disagree. Nah, dude, because why would we ever listen to someone that's 16 years old with no actual... She has not actually ever done a scientific journal. She has not actually ever done any research. She's just a random kid that popped up out of nowhere talking on talking points that politicians want her to say. I disagree because I know she, I know that that girl is a smart individual. And, she's probably smart, and what she but she's about, done no research. But, she's done no scientific publishing. Whoa, 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 like, that's what I'm on, saying. Hold on, hold on. Stop getting so fast. Stop. Let me, let me say my piece then. Okay, go for it. Because you're saying she does no, she's done no research and she doesn't know anything. You're saying that. She's Googling. You're saying that. But she has spoken vocally about things that are factual. But about the who environment. put her in that place of power? She has spoke, but I just want to say this. I just want to say this with a with a, a calm voice. Yeah, go for it. She has spoken vocally, publicly, mm-hmm. about the environmental issues in the world. Yeah, and she has been stating facts about the scientific data. That was maybe she didn't do the research herself, but she studied the professional research and spoke on it so i i can see where you're coming from that politicians use her a lot and they, they throw her name She's around a puppet. i can totally understand that that yeah. a lot of people will use her but her as a girl as just a little girl who is some fucking little girl that just wants to make the world a better place by making the environment not crumble mm-hmm. i would never attack her and someone like her she's an aspiring visionary she wants to make a difference in the world maybe she uh, you know, is being used as a puppet by others, but that's out of her hands, out of her control. And that's what happens to a lot of talent, a lot of extremely talented kids, Disney stars, singers, actors, you know, anything that just like are very talented and then executives and, and different agencies get their hands on them and they're like, you're going to be do this and do this and you have no control in your creative. Well, it's because anymore. they see that money can be made and that's a different thing. I think... When it comes, and I'm not saying global warming is fake. I'm not saying anything like that. I think we should definitely take care of the planet as we're seeing firsthand. We need to be taking care of the planet and humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you always have to be a little bit skeptical of when a random person like that pops up out of nowhere and is immediately put on a worldwide platform because there's different yeah. there's different things working behind that to make it in everyone's ears. I agree. Same when it goes back to the executives of these artists. Why do we all know who Ariana Grande is? Well, we know it because she not only makes good music, but she's pushed, and she has millions of dollars behind her, pushing her to everyone's playlist, everyone's media, everyone's <sighs> marketing. I miss Mac you Miller. feel me? I miss Mac Miller. R.I.P. But that's why... I really held so my tongue. So when you think about it like that... I held my tongue and you on what know, I was going to say. 
And we'll say in a second. And um, the reason we know these huge arts is because they have millions and millions of dollars behind them making sure that we're getting into these labels, funnels, and these marketing schemes. We're able to see the visibility is there because of all the money behind them pushing them. There's a lot so of we cash. we always have to be mindful of cash when... Cash feeds the piggy. Exactly. We always have to be mindful when someone like a guy that pops up out of nowhere who's a 16-year-old who has no visible social media following before she's just on a global scale. Yeah. We have to be very careful. And I, that's why I think she's a puppet because she didn't do anything to deserve where she's at. I think she's a she's a smart kid being used. I disagree. By people that I will agree to disagree with you. Okay. And let's let's get back to the main things that we were. But talking do you agree about. what I'm saying? I agree to disagree because it doesn't I think, make sense that she just popped out of nowhere. I don't. I I agree that okay. You're saying a lot of statements jumbled together. Agree that she came out of nowhere. Yes, I think that is is very strange. She came out of nowhere, but you know what I think is incredible her bravery and the courage as a young kid to speak at that level. Do you know how hard it is to speak articulately to a, a the world like that? Mm -hmm. Are you I kidding? Agree, Are you kidding on, me? I agree with you. She's a genius. She's literally a genius. She's, She's probably, not a genius. She, dude, that little girl She has to is, do something to be a genius. That little girl is a genius, okay? She's not a genius, Blake. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. She is... A genius. I'm telling you right now, she's not a genius. That's a that's you, an opinion. You have to prove to me that you're a genius. She's not done anything but just being. You able don't. To you haven't speak. done as much. Re Look, I hate using you language. I think mm -hmm, that you have not done enough research on her and her background and where she came from and her life for you I, to. I, to I, I know more than you'd think, which well, you, is why because whenever I'm not a conspiracy. But the theorist. things that I know about her make me think that she's a genius. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do some research on her. Maybe we'll talk about no, it again. Well, I mean, we definitely could. Um, we could even have her on the podcast, but <laughs> yo, Greta, you want to come be on Bryce and Blake? We talk about controversial shit all the time and we have no limits or boundaries. She'd be like, I'm down. As long as it stops, uh, but, the climate crisis from, okay. Well, yeah, you can yeah. advocate for it. All right. Come yeah. on. Of course I'm, I'm okay with her advocating for this All she stuff. wants to do is advocate, dude. That's, and that's it. cool, but that does not make anyone a genius. We that's not why she's a genius. Give me an example. Because she's she a genius because good. she, she has used her voice she has bravery, courage. Okay, those are all she can traits. publicly speak. Those are all traits that don't make someone a genius. But her intelligence makes her a genius, and her strategies make her a genius. And I think the I want way you to know something. What? Her strategies are funded by other humans. Do you think that without her, the strategies funded by the other humans would still work without her? No, hundred percent. Leonardo, she's just copying and pasting what Leonardo. I don't think you're, you're understanding what I'm saying. She's the variable. Bro, she's not. She's just a kid. Whenever these people with a certain um, agenda, I hate to use that word because it's very conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a, I'm a very I don't even want to talk logical about it person. Anymore. No, but we ha let's just talk about it. We're in it. We're in the pocket. I want to get so, out of the pocket, Bryce. I, I know wanna you want to be. You want to be like Lamar Jackson right now and run out the pocket. I want but to. I want to scare you out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like Aaron Donald. I'm going to keep in the pocket. I'm going to keep in the pocket for two more seconds. Okay, two more. Like seconds. Aaron Donald. Two more seconds. So. And then you have to, if I stay in the pocket for two more seconds, you need to research on Greta Thunberg later tonight. Deal. Okay. You shook your head as you said deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny. Uh, but no, like, I, I, I hate using the word agenda because it makes me sound like a conspiracy theorist. But whenever there's someone that has a placement of power that's used by someone that has an agenda, you always got to be careful. Until she does something that proves she's a genius, I'm not going to call her a genius. For just because whenever she talks, 
listen, when, I've seen all of her videos. I, when you say do research, I've seen I've seen a lot of her stuff because it I'm blew not my mind that you're talking about her media, girl, bro. You're talking about media. I'm talking about her background, her education. I know, but just listen. You should study her education and then come back and we'll talk. Just okay, I will. I promise because you, I, I, I will. promise you, there's people that are listening to this too, thinking about what you're saying right now and thinking Rice doesn't know her education because she's smart as fuck. I'm smart as fuck. You think someone that's <laughs> smart as fuck that spends their entire life advocating for Bro, environmental crisis? She's like 16 it, years old. All her life? Nah, stop it, dude. Like, that's what I'm trying to say is when she's speaking, there's these two little glass things to her left and to her right. Do you want to know what those are? I don't know. Those are prompters. Maybe with she, typed out things that she's just reading. That's off of. great, bro. But the original videos that where she came out, it was that she wrote and she's reading off paper. There's no glass. You don't there's know no she wrote puppet. That. There's nothing. You don't know she wrote that. Because the first time she you ever don't. spoke, and you're was being with a big, big devil's advocate, and I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But let's just agree to disagree. And, and we'll, let's get I'll back. do research. We'll do more research together. You do research because I've done the research already. No, but we'll talk, and then we'll come back. And then we'll the talk podcast. about it, okay. and then we'll have her on the podcast, and be like, "So who is who's the puppeteer?" So Greta, who's doing the, who's Greta, who's uh who's moving the strings right now? So so Greta, who's moving the strings? Huh? She's like Bill Clinton. We're like, oh fuck. Yeah, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> She's like, I spend a lot of time on the island. And then she and then she whips out a she whips out like a giant pipe out of her backpack. She's like, you ready to smoke some PCP? <laughs> She's like, acid is the only way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, so... I'm just kidding. What, what, what did you want to transition to? I wanted to transition because we just went into an extreme tangent that lasted how many minutes, Jang? Doesn't matter. Keep going. It was great. It was like 12. It was like 12 minutes of us talking about something. That's good. We were in the pocket. That, which was great. But yeah. when we first started the podcast, we were talking about something and we started conversations about multiple of those things. Yeah. Then come, and then you wanted to get back to talking we, about you. That's what... No, was. not even me. There was something else. The pedophilia. No, th- dude, that's the tangent that you went off on. I'm talking about the things that we were talking about. I was about. asking you about yourself, about like the campaign you're working on, and I want you there to tell There was something people. else after that, though, too. There was a couple... Uh, Ghislaine being arrested. Prom night dumpster babies we left along the way. That's okay. If they're that important, we'll come back to it. Talk about what you're... I'm gonna, I have to pee so bad. The wine's just going through You me. can't leave. No, this one was say. Just talk about... You guys can talk. I'm going to be gone for 10 seconds. Start talking about you, the campaign you're working on. We're going to... All right. I'm going to talk. We could have just paused the podcast, no, but I, I'm not going to talk about it. But I am going to talk about something now that Bryce isn't here. Jang. What's good? What do you think about Bryce? Let's talk. Dude, uh, I think he has a small dick. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you just read my mind? <laughs> I mean, I like Bryce and all, but I mean... Dude, I don't know. Shouldn't we just pack up our stuff? And if you ask me, like, Bryce or a small Pomeranian Husky... Uh, small Pomeranian Husky. Give me the Pomsky. Give me the Pomsky. Pomsky. All day. That Pomsky, baby. All day. Yo, you know what uh, video I was th- thinking about the other day? It's called... It's with the lizard. He's like, Mr. Balloon Hands. Oh. Hey, yo, Tommy, John, Tommy Noble. Johnny Hammersticks, Damn, I know exactly five six four three, Mister Walkway, Mister Lighthouse. I'm back. What the fuck are you talking about? All right, now you're back. You decided to come back to the podcast. Let's get back into it. We were just talking about how much we like you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, were we were you talking shit? No, we were appreciative. No, we love you. Jason actually said how big of a piece you have. I do have a big penis. No piece. A penis. 
Oh my god. My penis is massive. I can't believe you just said that on You had ball day. enlargement? I had dick enlargement. <laughs> That's so sick. Dude, think if we combined your balls and my dick. Unstoppable. We'd be OG Mudbone. Or whatever that guy's name is. I'm literally picturing a 12-gauge shotgun. <laughs> Bitch, get out the way. <laughs> All right, now let's... uh Go t- talk about your fucking campaign, dude. This is really cool shit. Why do you want to talk about the campaign so bad? I'm proud of you for being able to work on something like that. All right. I work as the owner of AXO Talent. And I do media production, digital marketing, and talent consulting, right? Yes, sir. So media production is my first love. Mm-hmm. I create videos. I do editing. Which I you do, need to start doing way more of. Which I have been. And mm-hmm. I'm going to pump out some really cool videos pretty soon is when I pump out the Alpha University stuff, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Sure, go, for um, go off. Go off. But when it comes to digital go marketing. Go off, queen. When it comes to digital marketing, <laughs> yeah. I consider myself one of the best digital marketing experts in my space because of how current and how... I think about marketing and the way I do it and the fact that I was at the forefront of social first content marketing back when this became a thing and I studied all of it and I was behind all the owners and I talked to the people that pretty much pioneered it to what it is nowadays. Mm. The, the the term, you know, like influencer or content creator, those garbage ass terms, you know, like I watched those become titles. Yeah, you were a part of the culture. I was, I was there before that. You know, yeah, you I was were a, a big I was player a in videographer. Shifting. I was a photographer. I was a graphic artist. I was a video yeah. effects artist, and and I was doing different things in that sense. And um, you know, that's my passion, and everyone knows that I do that. And I barely even take on clients for that anymore because I don't want to waste my time working on something I don't care about. I want to make movies. I don't want to make Dude. ad content. I don't want to make sponsored. You know, fucking swipe up to buy this booty, and you know, like that. Fit tea. Fuck that. Flat tummy. I'm not about it. You know, I support my friends' brands. There's a lot of different companies that I really love that I will advocate and people I will work with, but not for any other reason that I like the company. Yeah. You can put your money away. There's people that offer me money. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. When it comes to digital marketing, though, it's a cash cow. Give me your money. Billions of dollars are made every single year on social first digital marketing, social first content, social media marketing, and it's, it's now getting like thir- to- We talked about this the other day, right? It was like $30 billion. Thirty-one billion in like twenty seventeen. Thirty-one billion. I have no idea. So what it's got to be twenty. It's got to be absurd right now. Yeah. Absurd. Everything's media, so it's got to be ninety to one hundred. But digital marketing and social first content yeah. marketing, the traditional ways of marketing with like commercials and billboards and uh, you know <clears throat> radio placements, things like that. You're getting actors and you're paying A-list celebrities to do this, and you're wasting so much money when you could pay micro influencers to get you more targets. Mm-hmm. You know. Build that funnel quicker. And so now we're getting to the point in the industry where you're getting traditional celebrities, traditional celebrities that are on television, that are in the music industry, entertainment industry, and we're bringing them to the social space. Yeah. You know, taking someone like, who's like an old school actor, Betty White. Betty White. Betty White's alive, right? I'd smash. Shut up. You would too. I did. <gasps> yeah, at my friend's bat mitzvah. So you're 15? Yeah. You fuck, so Betty White's a pedophile? No, shut up. No, I was not 15. I was not 15. <laughs> the kid whose bat mitzvah was 15. Okay, relax. Okay. <laughs> but listen, imagine someone like Betty White doing a brand deal. That'd be a dope. On Instagram, and you see it, and she's like, ha, we're giving away uh, 30 flat screen TVs. All you got to do is follow this person and swipe up. It's like, yeah. yo, 
what the fuck, Betty? Get your bag. Yeah. And so money. that's what I'm saying. There's people that do that nowadays. And for me, like, I love digital marketing. I'm, I'm known for that in the space. And I got an opportunity to work on it with uh, some celebrities like the Kardashian Jenner girls. And so, you know, working with like Khloe Kardashian on the 20th, that's when her campaign goes live. Huge. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing this. And then, yeah. And then, so there's like, uh, Kylie Jenner, I've worked on multiple of her campaigns with Scott mm. and Scott Disick's in all of them. Yeah. I actually, I actually crushed it so well one month that um, I, I forget how many clients I had. I had so many clients that I was just like, "Hey, like," and I was talking to the girl who's like the marketing director who I work on it with. There's a very small team of people that work on this. Yeah, that work directly with the girls. I find the clients mm-hmm. that want to invest into it, and then I connect them with our team. So they can get into the growth and they can get growth from these girls marketing for them. Yeah. And cause they have a large audience, they have, you know, millions of people. And so any brand or individual that wants to grow, they'll go to them and try and grow from it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I remember one month I was like, damn, I'm about to put my, uh, I'm going to do this with myself. And so I was like, I got some growth from them, dude. It was incredible. You know, Scott Disick like followed me and then like they were shouting me out and I was like, dude, this is sick. Like, yeah. this is this is pretty cool. Like I, I remember thinking about that. Like, and, and then I really got to the point where I was like, you know, you know, and all my friends know that I downplay all my accomplishments and all my achievements to the point where it's like not that big to me, dude. And it's I, incredible. And it, it gets to the How point how much you don't give a fuck about what you've done. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't care because I know there's always more to do. But exactly. I've done some incredible things in my life for sure. And um, you know, so when it happened, when this happened specifically, I remember telling my parents, and my mom was like screaming she was like ah no way like are you gonna hang out with them like are you are you like friends with them i was like are you gonna hook bryce up with kendall yeah i was like i was like (laughs) mom it's not like that i'm literally just finding clients for them you know like maybe one day i'll meet them like that'd be awesome i'd love that i I have a feeling we're very close we're already like two connections very 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 close to that circle of individuals but um yeah i mean i didn't downplay it at all but that campaign is what Bryce wanted me to talk about, the uh, Kardashian campaign coming up on the 20th of July, and it's going to be exciting, really, because I've done probably over 10 of these campaigns now. Um, you know, I've made close to a million dollars in sales for this team, and they're one of the most ethical companies I've ever worked with, which is uh, curated businesses. They're yeah. such cool people, really. Like, I, I have nothing but great things to say about them, and... You know, working in collaboration with them has been awesome because running eggs with talent is awesome for me. I, I, I love consulting people, helping them out. But doing, like, exciting shit with, like, celebrities and, like, traveling places, that's my that's what I love. Bro, are you just grabbing your nutsack right now? I just itched your my thigh. Okay. I itched my thigh. Yes, yeah, so you love, you love consulting while grabbing your balls. Kinky. I can't believe you. You know what's <laughs> kinky? Really? Well, the fact I'm doing this in my underwear? That, number one. <laughs> You can't do that anymore after the next. I'm, at the next. I one. give no fucks. I'm gonna probably do it again. I hope so. I got a body, bro. We need to do these wine things on Thirsty Thursdays. I like this. Thirsty Thursday I'm wine. I'm feeling loose. I'm it's feeling like goose. You know when you drink a little bit of wine, and you start getting a little heat on your jaw, on your cheekbones. Yeah. You're getting that heat, baby. That that heat from the summer eve. You're that heat, heat th- that makes those apples just fall from you're the tree. Cheek heat. You know why you're getting cheek cheeky, heat? It's because you have a sweatshirt on. I'm cheeky with the cheek heat. Cheeky with the cheekies. <laughs> and I need a chiquita. I always wanted a parakeet. Dude, when we get our house, we should we should get a parrot. No, they smell. We could keep it outside. No, that's so fucked the up. The house I shot my first music video at had um, a whole outside area. 
that had it was like a whole bird sanctuary and they only had parrots. And I gotta show you this video. There's a there's a video of there's a video of uh, when we're shooting it, the parrots on my arm. Yeah. And I'm singing the song and he's dancing to the music. We didn't Ooh. we didn't put it in the music video, but I still have that clip. I gotta fucking That's show you sick. It. But anyway, I like parrots because they literally mimic. Yeah. They know how to speak. I wonder if they understand. Do you think they understand? I think they just have mimic mimicking abilities. <laughs> they probably understand like body language. I haven't researched really. So I can't That's kind of why I want to get a parrot and be like, I want to see if I can train it. Because dogs understand. Yeah. Like if you say lay down, they learn how to sit. They learn you know how what's lay incredible? Because let's talk about this. Yeah. You know what's incredible? How people can have absolutely no knowledge on a subject and instantly act like they're <sighs> experts and just talk about it like they have years of experience dealing with a certain situation or a thing Improv. or a topic. Bro. No, but they but they believe it themselves. Like people are delusional sometimes. Like say we're, an example. Say we're just talking about that parakeet right there. What if I just yeah. went off on a tangent? Like parakeets are the most noble birds. They actually are amazing. <laughs> they were uh, you know created in a lab by yeah. Albert Einstein. And uh, you know to be honest with you, parrots speak English. If I said that to you, you'd and and you looked at me in the eye. You'd probably be like, what the fuck did you psychopath. take today, Blake? You know what's crazy? What? Is, that's literally the news. That's the news. That's what the news is. Yeah. These news outlets are literally just making shit up as they go. And Absurd. That's why I love Twitter, bro. Twitter's it's still hard to find real shit on Twitter. No, my Twitter is hilarious. I follow the funniest people, and I crack up at memes about real shit every day. It and might that's be what funny, I love. And but those memes are created from fake news. You know, it's not fake news. That picture of Elon and Kanye, that's hard as fuck. Dude, I wonder what they're doing together. I'm going to order that as a phone case. So I have a story because this is pretty cool. So uh, we haven't done anything yet to make it official, but my there's a prospective manager who might want to manage me who is friends with Kanye and Kanye's manager, Abu. And Abu, do you know Abu from... He's uh, Akon's brother. No, Abu from Aladdin. The monkey. Abu. And he steals the bread. Yeah. Fucking no, and he's also that like the main dude. character in the movie. I've always wanted that monkey as a pet. Continue. Anyways, so my prospective manager had a phone call with Kanye and Abu two days ago. And then the next day, yeah. Kanye's with Elon in LA. What the fuck do you think they're doing together? That's I, my question. I know what they're doing. Do you think it's clothed or do you think it's... A car? Like, what do you think it is? Okay, so between me and you... Yeah. Elon and Kanye are together. They kiss. Do they hug each other? They have sex. Wow. Maybe not physically. It might be a mental mental thing, mental sex. Asexual people. They're on that. some yeah. shit. They're on some shit together. I think they're asexual together. I think so, too. <laughs> I think they have a connection <laughs> telepathically. This is so dumb. And no, I'm serious. I, I really think that Kanye and Elon have some crazy connection that is just cosmic. And when they're together, they just... I think geniuses... I think that's why we get along. I don't think it's physical at all. I think that they, they're really just like... Have obsessed such a with each other's mind. Except obsessed with each other's minds. That's why we do a podcast They don't together. kiss. I was joking about kissing. We kiss mentally on our podcast. I've never mentally kissed you. No well, offense. I'm doing something wrong then, and I think you should kiss me <laughs> in my, my, with mind to mind, dude. Dude, if you don't start kissing me with your mind, I'm gonna be real mad. I'm how gonna leave. Do, how do you mind kiss someone? I don't know. You said Kanye. And I mind kiss it. girls all the time. 
dude, mind kissing girls is All the, the most effective way to make a girl fall in love with you. I've been told that the way I look at girls sometimes is really it crucial. That's all it takes is a look. If you're a dude out there, I don't do it on purpose dude, either. Listen, if you're a dude out there who doesn't know how to talk to girls, yeah, all you have to do is don't talk anymore. Just look at them. Yeah, look at them like you want to devour. And them. even if you do know how to talk to them, like for Still me, for me, it's like I know I can talk to to any female, but sometimes I just want to like, you know, it's the body language on top it's of the like it. very subtle words that just make you can it make so a girl. Special. Shake at the knees just Dude. by looking at their yeah. eyes like you want to eat like, their nose I, I'm off. I'm not even like you want to eat their nose off. Straight up. Like, but I'm, ah. I'm not even talking about that like, damn, yeah, I could fuck. I'm trying to fuck any girl. Like, I'm trying to smash oh, you're to, you're 30, 30 to girls. Like, mind. dude, for me, like, I really just love like the chase. Number one, <sighs> I love the communication. Yeah. I love getting into it and just having those conversations with a girl that you can really connect with. And then it gets to the point where it's like, there's so much tension, and then so you much just sexual never t- have sex. With so them. much sexual tension, <laughs> and you literally never have sex with them. <laughs> and you get and you real. and you just tease the fuck out of them, to, because you want to get to know them. Like if it's someone you really like, you know, as a it's friend, like, you want to keep them around as a friend, and you want to yeah. keep them around as a friend, or because you do really like them, and you're like, damn, I could actually see myself. We have with a friend person. going through that right now. He opened up to us about it. He's like, I really like this girl, and I think I'm not going to. Then there's have a lot of people that I do just consider just friends that I just build sexual attention with for fun just because I know I'm going to have sex with them. Wait, what? So there is a lot of people that I do have as friends that I just build sexual attention with for fun. So that I, you know that when you so want that I know to, when I do have sex like, with them. Let's have sex. And they're like, finally. Well, not even that, but they're like, they're like <laughs> literally so ready for it. That they're like almost, they're not, they're not shaking, but they have like goosebumps, you know? And then they're like, no, I just want to be friends. And they don't really Then I'm like, fine, let's go, let's go somewhere else. You know, I'm unbothered. Just being unbothered. You just, that's the main thing. And, and being that way when sex is in the question, you have to, I know that's, we're both like that. Yeah, seriously. When sex is in the question, a lot of people don't know how to handle it in a, in an adult and like. In, like mature way because a lot of people will just dive into sex and then that person who they could have had a really cool relationship with friendship anything else they just stop fucking with each other because it wasn't mature yeah if you can do it mature you're gonna keep all these people around for a much longer and even if you end up having sex with them it's it it's spawned from a mature stage mm-hmm. so if they are in that maturity as well you're still gonna be able to be friends with them and that relate there's too many people who have terrible relationships with people um, that could have been their friends forever just because they fucked it up by having sex or like not doing it in a mature way. I see that. And it, and it ruins them down the road. I see that a lot. <clears throat> tons I have a lot of tons, bro. I have a lot of friends actually that I know that I could have hooked up with, mm. like had a sexual relationship with. And I look at them and I'm like, wow, you are an enigma. You are so fucking cool and just exciting to be around and you make me really just be my my true self like when you bring in that physical connection into the into the mix it's not it's out of your control cuz the other person might you know like you more or something and it's like in my in my case that's happened yeah. where i've lost friends just because they can't just be friends and they want they want more and i'm like dude like 
I wouldn't have done this with you be, if I knew. But it spawned from an immature place. Because it spawns from an immature place. They didn't approach it mature. But it's also our fault for the misunderstanding beforehand. Cause we some, have to readjust immaturity to become mature. It's some people's values on monogamy and also on sexual partners as well. Because some people yeah. think that sex means relationship. And some people also think that monogamy is the only way. Yeah, I think, I think personally just my own perspective is when you're ready to be married go the monogamous way find your person find the person that you can build with as oh, a power yeah. couple forever and go but dude at our age when you you just want to experience the world and experience live life life and yeah and if you're a young person and you know you're not in a place to be married why are you forcing people to marry you yeah you're ruining not only your life but you're ruining you're trying to ruin someone else's life dude but that's awful marriage is such a big and that's why there's 60% of divorces, of marriages that end in divorce, because they didn't do it mature, and they tried, they either, one person either guilted the other person into marrying them, or they, they thought they were in love before they were really in love, and... Dude, and you that's, know what it comes down it, to? Marriage is, trust is so... Yes. 100%. Hello. I know. Dude, I'm about to release the craziest song in the Speaking world. of that, but, Bryce, hmm. tell me, baby... Because you're making me talk about my life. People know I own Exit Talent. They right. now know I work with celebrities on marketing campaigns. They mm-hmm. know I'm a director. They know mm-hmm. I have a chode and giant balls. Bryce, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, so I have the reverse of your chode and giant balls. I have a huge dick and literally non-existent balls. They literally just kind of stick up inside of me most of the time. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, anyways, no, dude, I mean, you know, I moved from Kansas to L.A. to really go after the music dream. Whether it was going to be a songwriting, whether it was going to be my own music, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I've already had a career in Kansas City. And um, I some bullshit happened, and maybe I'll go into that in the future podcast, and it, it left a really bad taste in my mouth about the music industry. We will I, talk about our past relationships, and our not only romantic, but our past business relationships. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Not on this podcast. We'll do it with video. You, no, not today, yeah. But we'll do it on our podcast. With the video. But when the video saying. starts, which is next week. For sure. Um, but but anyways, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I, I took off all my old music. And um, that was really moving, man. I, I had hundreds of thousands of streams on, on SoundCloud at the time. Wait, what did like you 18, remove? 19. Like, remember that? I, it was like last week. I played a bunch of old shit for you guys. You had to remove that? I personally removed it. Oh. Because of... I don't want to get too much into detail right now, but I had an old manager who was actually very, very affluent and in the industry. Manager in New props. York. Manager props. We'll talk about it. It was manager props. I want to Anyways, hear about what you're so, doing now. So, so, back so, on yeah, track. So, okay, what are you doing now? So give me the juice. Yeah. So I moved to Kansas. I moved from Kansas to LA to start music again. I was like, I'm at the age I, I graduated. I, I listened to my parents. I I finished school, and now it's my turn to live my own life. Mm-hmm. And I moved to LA and I started releasing music and immediately I had some pretty good success with the first song I released, um, which is Naughty and it had no money back in it. Which nothing. is a banger, by the way. I love Naughty. Huge banger. And, um, you know, that's where I started and was able to grow. And then, you know, sometimes you just plateau and especially when you're in the music industry and, and you don't have a lot of money back in you and you don't have tons of connections, it's hard to really continue the growth. Yeah, it's imp- that's imperative. Like I try to tell everyone that wants to get into the music industry now that if you don't have money behind you or you don't have connections, 
it literally is you just throwing shit at a blank at a brick wall and you're never going to break through it um but anyway so you know i moved out here started moving almost immediately and plateaued and kind of got depressed and was like well shit why am i not growing anymore yada yada and it took the love away again i kind of stopped for a while and recently um you know thanks to jason and you and my other friends around um specifically you two and eric i push you on music more than anyone i know it you and eric for sure i literally make you stop doing things to do to music. go write music yeah. yeah and um and because i'm you know of you know the, the great foundation of friends i have out here i'm I, i'm getting back into it and me and josh are working on some crazy insane music josh is an amazing producer dude josh we, we incredible we should, he's, he's gonna be on the podcast we should sure. just talk about josh sometime well when he's on the podcast yeah he's a he's a he's an anomaly man anomaly incredible kid. all the apple kids they really are we need to have a, a we, we a, need episode. to have one episode with each of them individually and then one together the apples and with robert too they're called the episode the apples anyways so I'm starting to work on music again, and um, this is what's really important about building authentic relationships, is you never know, if you're a genuine human, you never know when an authentic relationship that's super random can turn into something beautiful that's a business relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's a kid that, you know, uh, graduated from USC who's very, very successful already in his own regard, um, who's looking to pivot into something else, and music management is something he's always been wanting to do. And he's been blessed with amazing connections. Um, who, you know, just because we played Call of Duty together. He found that I, I was making music, listened to the music, believed in it. And is, you know, now my prospective manager, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Is that the first time you talked to him? <clears throat> we played Call of Duty for months. How did you start playing Call of Duty? Did you meet him while you were playing? I met him because he's Ori's friend. Through Ori. So Ori invited me to a party on Call of Duty and the big headed baby he was and the big headed baby himself was like, Hey Bryce, come play with me and my USC friends. Wow. So I'm playing Call of Duty and there's this kid that I really fuck with. I don't want to put his name out there just yet until we actually are moving. Um Yeah. But Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> um and we just fucked with each other. We and then through Call of Duty, I was added to one of their USC Snapchat groups, and that's a shit show in itself. And through that, you know, people, I, you just build authentic relationships. I knew nothing about him; he knew nothing about me, other than we liked each other and we played Call of Duty together. And um, and then one time we're speaking, and Ori mentioned the song uh, that's unreleased that I sent Eric that Ori overheard and was like, "Dude, this shit's a banger." And, uh, and shaking, oh, what's happening? You good? Yeah. I, I was just trying want to, more wine? I was trying to sign to Jang to drink wine himself. Oh, get swiped. Cause I'm, baby. cause I'm getting swiped. Oh wait, no, he's not. No, don't drink wine yourself. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a second. Oh wait. Yeah. Jang, you can't drink. I'm sorry. Not till your birthday. Um, but anyway, so, so these authentic relationships turn into, Amazing, beautiful relationships. He heard my unreleased music. I sent it to him. Bryce. And the really stuff that's out. And now we're moving. That's incredible. We're moving. Now we'll see me, what happens. Now tell me about how fucking badass of an artist you are. Because you're not a SoundCloud rapper. You no. are a true artist. Mm-hmm. You produce. You mm-hmm. engineer your stuff. You sing the vocals. 
you're a genius, bro, when it comes to music production and other things. But when it comes to music production and, and creating art when it comes to music, right, I love yeah. I love watching you perform and get shit done because I know a lot of my friends who will, you know, get a beat sent to them or they'll they'll have some sort of collaboration with an engineer. Or they'll have to do something with somebody else. And it's like with you, you could do everything on your own. You know, you, mm. you get a you get a beat, you can go off and yeah. you can just start it just like that. And that is so invaluable yeah and my thing is you know i know i'm not trying to be cocky i i know how talented i am when it comes to writing music and i'm looking i knew the door was going to be open someday um and it looks like it's opening right now to really be able to get in the industry and do some big things even just writing for other artists man i know i have so many hits in my head ghostwriter yeah or just uh, the actual Hey, here's a song. I wrote that shit. You can sing it. I know ghostwriters like for Beyonce and Migos, yeah. J. Cole. Insane. It's a I know great ghost, living. ghostwriters for the game. I know someone who wrote the game's entire fucking album. That's crazy. Some dude from Philly who who was out in LA at the time hanging with me at the Alpha House. Mm-hmm. That's dope. And I was like, Who are you? He's like, Oh, I'm friends with Max, which was like the thirty year old guy who lived there. Yeah. When we were living at the Alpha House. Super cool. And he was like, My name's Tools. I used to play at the NCAA for Connecticut, UConn. I was like, in basketball? Or I was football? like, what? You played for UConn? He was like, yeah, a few years back. I was like, what year? And he told me when, and he was like, you won the national championship with UConn <laughs> two years in a row? Oh, basketball? Yeah. And, oh, he, shit. and he was like, yeah, I, mean, I got a lot of pro friends and shit now. And like, we became boys because he was a Philly guy. We met out in LA and Hollywood Hills when I was living at that mansion. And, yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I ghostwrite for the game and all these other artists." I was like, "Dude, this shit's real." Like that. That's yeah. That was so, like one of the first. People so I that's met. the that's the trajectory right now, man. Is I I know how I know how talented I am. I know that I have a God given ability to really make some crazy shit, and I just need the opportunity because without opportunity, you're nothing. And that's the biggest thing is you know that whole yeah, but you create the opportunity is luck. You create the opportunity, prepared, correct? Luck favors what? Luck favors the prepared. It's a very cliche. Yeah, definitely, line. definitely. And in the music industry, chance that is the only thing that matters is luck, and the fact that you're prepared for the doors to open. Because if there if there's a door that opens and you're not ready, you'll never get that door open again. I agree. Which is why it's up to you to create the best quality art that you can. Hundred percent. Because once any, that door opens, any, you have to wow people. Any artist, not even just an, an artist like you who yeah. does music, but an artist in any sense of the way needs to have their art ready to yeah. show someone. And that's why the most important thing is never going to be the marketing and the talking and the conversations, mm-hmm. which are paramount. That's what most, takes you from but the most important the part, to start The most important part is being that golden nugget, that needle in a haystack with that unique piece of art to present to somebody. And if you yeah. if you're not ready to show it, like if you're walk in that room and you know say you have like some professionals in there or you know say you bump into, you know, Kid Cudi on the street and you're just yeah. talking as friends and then all of a sudden you know he figures out that you make music, you're waiting in line for some food, he's like, "Oh, no way." Like, you know, send me some of your stuff. Like, let me listen to it. Genuine and you have yeah. and you have something ready and you're like, "No, nah, I'm not sending it to you. Listen to this right now." Facts, yeah. And he listens to it, and he's like, yo, that's hard. Come to my studio. That's how opportunity's made. 100%. That's why LA exists, and that's why it's the land of the dreamers. Yep. 
And that's why, call back from earlier, is we had to dig ourselves out of a fucking grave to even get here. We had to dig ourselves out of a grave, grave to live life. I don't even think about that shit anymore. I don't. Th- I have to because I don't it's, even think I'm about that still, life anymore. I, I have to. I, I haven't even been here for two years. You shouldn't. I have to because it made me who I am. I don't mean it like it that. It gives me the chip on my shoulder, shoulder to do. I don't. Huge I don't mean it like that, Bryce. I'm not saying forget <clears throat> it. Yeah. I'm saying don't. Don't take think the victim about mentality. it. The yeah. victim title and don't just just don't think about it as much because if you think like, oh man, like I'm not from L- dude. A lot of people aren't from LA. What makes us yeah. different is that we're out here doing something incredible in LA. Yeah. Right. And we're trying to make a difference, and we're also displaying our talents and chasing after that stuff. But when it comes to to you, it, oh, is that a helicopter flying? We got Always. A hel- helicopter flying above. Speaking of helicopters, shout out to my dad. He builds helicopters. My fucking hero. Love that guy. He works for Boeing. Random thought, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first, like, random... You're doing a good job today, man. You didn't... That was your first, like, random segment. I hope so. That was your most. That was your only one. Really? Yeah, you've been doing good today. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad. It's the wine. But that's, dude. It keeps I, you in the pocket, I, dude. When I got wine in me, Thursday, Thursday. I gotta say, when I got wine in me, I can talk about anything, do anything. What time are we at right now? We're about to get into the gully. Oh, one twelve. We just passed one one one. Oh, one one one. That's my address. Guess what we were? Up. Guess what we were? That was my about address growing up. That's lucky. And I have a story to tell you now. Next podcast. Right now, really quickly. Here you go. About running away when I was four years old. Go, quick. I want to get to current events. Oh, we're doing current events? We got to. That's Jason's, that's Jason's baby. We're doing it right now, though, after we're talking about all this heat? You can keep going. No, you can keep going. We can talk about current events if you want. No, keep going. What's the story? Go on with your story. I used to climb on everything as a kid. <laughs> I was a piece of shit, dude. My mom... Hated me climbing around. Do you think you were Superman or Spider-Man? I'm, I'm just going to embody the way my mom tells these stories. She is insane. She's the most creative, insane person I've ever met. My my insane, crazy side comes from her, from Carol. Not from my dad, who I just mentioned about helicopters. He's awesome, badass, hardworking hero. Love that guy. My mom is a free spirit, Sagittarius lunatic. And she made me you, the mom. creative person I am today. Like I've never met a woman like her. And... I think that's why when I meet women in real life, like I'm never surprised. Yeah. Because I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And when I was like four, um, you know, relating back to now what I'm saying, I have her blood. Like I'm nuts. And so when I was four, I ran away. I was climbing on everything. I was taking all the fruit out of the fruit bowls. And I was playing like real life Fruit Ninja, you know. Yeah. You know, like my, I was like Mira, Mira. Like my little sister's name is Mirabella. And my little sister Faith. And I was like, Faith, like throw me some watermelon. And we would just cutting up all the fruit and shit. And uh, I remember I ran away from home in my light-up sneakers. Mm-hmm. I had the hardest light-up sneakers, bro. Power Ranger light-up sneakers. That's gang. With the white Power Ranger on it. That's gang. The white Power Ranger. Dude, here's my favorite with the, the white gold Power trim. Ranger, absolutely wrecked. Go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, nah, bro. Nah, 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 nah. Go, go, Power Rangers. Rangers. Dude, that, I still listen to that sometimes. What a great theme song. Theme song. Amazing. And Continue. Dude, that show was badass back in the day. I thought I was a Power Ranger. I, I was out here at four. Power Ranger. There was a store up the street from my house. I lived Black in front Lives of matter. a park. Black Lives Always Matter. I lived in front of a park. Black Power Rangers Matter. Oh. Black Power Ranger. Is there a Black Power Ranger? That's, I just said that's who I wanted to be. Oh. 
We should dress up on Halloween. I'll be the black the one. White the white Power Ranger one. was more strong, though. I just want to say. He no, was more strong. No race involved. But the black one. The white Power like Ranger was like was all dope. the Power Rangers in one. And it was also the Jason. Same with the it, was, black. it was the Red Power Ranger. It was Jason. He, he turned into white. He transformed into this metamorphosis. Dude, that's. R- oh, you keep going. We, we need to have a whole podcast where we literally I just, just need talk to, about I just Power need Rangers. to say right now. I just need to say right now. Bryce is literally in just his, he just took off his shirt. He's in just his underwear and a chain. He literally looks like a fucking Italian mobster drinking hey, a glass of water. Hey, what's up, my Pamela? What the fuck? I need to just like back up get a photo of this real quick only in his underwear. before I, uh, I'm back, baby. I'm just taking a picture Thirsty of Thursdays. No, do like a boomerang. and It's like Thursday. Thursday, I'm just Thursday, I'm just going to take a video of you right now of what's happening because this is serious. Hey, Thirsty Thursdays on the podcast? Yep. We get a little bit freaky, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But listen, I ran away when I was four. Yeah. There was a, a, a store up the street called Davis's. And like did a, I tell this story on the podcast before or did I just tell it to no, you guys? No, I think you've only told it to us. But also it's a podcast and we're event, we're going to do this forever. So we're going to have thousands and thousands of episodes and it's probably going to be told again. So who, who cares? All I know is yeah. that I had the fucking hardest light up sneakers. I was the only kid in my kindergarten class or preschool class because I was in preschool at that time mm-hmm. that could tie his shoes. So I laced up those motherfuckers and I ran up the street two blocks like arms flailing shit. I, I just remember vividly my light up sneakers fucking glaring. At sunset, like every car that drove by, I thought I was like, zing, you're fucked. You can't see anymore. You're blind. <laughs> My sneakers shining. Yeah. And I get to the, cro- there's a, a cross, like there's a, uh, like a street, like a four way street now with like stoplights and there's an intersection till I get to right before the store. And it wasn't my turn to go, apparently, which we learned later from the store manager who was look because you can see the street from the, the like front desk at the store. Yeah. Right on the corner is a little like uh, store that had groceries and stuff. And it's called Davis's and I dicked it across the street. I ran and I made like all these cars crash and like swerve out. No one got hurt, but the, all these cars like swerved. You made cars crash? Dude, I made a huge wreck in the you street. You made a pile up? And I ran in the store and Bro. all the store managers looked at me and they were like, just like deer in headlights looking at me like, oh my God. And I walked in the store and the first thing I said to this person at the desk they said is i said can i have a starburst like all i wanted was starburst because my mom wouldn't give me it and I was, I was just about to ask why you were going all the way to Davis. bro she was tripping i was fucking heated <laughs> i wanted a starburst and she just wouldn't give me one so i ran away and you said fuck it this is and it and i live right on the corner in front of a park and i was like i'm out this bitch and i pieced it ended up they called the cops um some lady actually called the cops and they were like She's the one who escorted me to the police, got me in the car, brought me back down the street two blocks away, <laughs> and brought me But to home. you, that probably felt like you and, were miles and miles away. And when I got home from, the way my mom tells me the story, she said she was looking for me, and she was like, Blake, come in, dinner's ready, because like we had like a swing set in our yard. Yeah. And she was like, all right, where are you? Like For like 10 minutes, because I used to hide a lot. <laughs> she and, thought you were just fucking with her. Yeah, so she thought I was like fucking with her, and then she like couldn't find me. And that's when <laughs> oh she started God. freaking out. And then after like 30 minutes, she was like, oh my God, where is he? Calls my dad. My dad comes home from work, from where he was working. The reason I'm telling this story is because my dad came home from work, from working on a fucking helicopter yeah. from the military, to come home to this. <laughs> and I get taken home by this lady and a police officer, 
The police officer walks in the store. He's like, what do you want, buddy? He buys me the biggest Starburst there he is. He bought... He bought me the King Starburst. Dude, then some, from, from, you know, from someone Dude, that is talking my, about defunding the police, man, earliest, they, did, they did you a really good thing. My earliest memories of police <laughs> were so great. Like, I... Yeah. Where did it change, dude? I was we like, want to know why we're white. I was about to say, I was a young white kid. What <laughs> do you mean? Little white kids, I was a cute yeah. little young white kid. Obviously, I'm not going to get misbehaved. If I was like... And no, I'm not even going to go into that. But look, bro, hmm. this guy brought me back home with the lady, with the guard, the, the lady who was with me, who my mom yeah. calls my guardian angel. And, uh, you know, I get home and my dad's crying on his knees. My mom's there and they turn yeah. around and there's this lady, the police officer and me. And he's like, oh yeah, this lady found your son. And like, I got him a starburst. <laughs> and I walked in the house, like smiling ear to ear, grubbing on the starburst. And I just didn't even acknowledge my mom or dad. And yeah. then they're looking like crying, talking to the police officer. They turn and the lady that brought me back just vanished. Bro. Oh, we got to stay in this pocket. I have a story. That's the guardian angel story my mom always tells me. She's like, and most people know, like, I'm not very uh, religious for, uh, like, I was raised a Catholic Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as religious as I am anymore, but I do believe in spirituality and I believe in energy. The and spirit realm, being, yeah. But I believe that I know that I don't know. And I'm very aware of the universe. Yeah. But I do believe in faith and I do believe, and I do have, I have a sister named Faith and I believe in faith and believing in things. And I think that it's smart to have something to believe in. So the guardian angel story, I had to tell it. I don't know how we popped into it. I'll tell mine on another podcast. Really? I got some crazy, dude, we need to have a podcast. I'd love to hear you talk about it now. No. Cause we got like, we got to wrap this up. We got to do current events and get out of here. But, um, oh yeah, we do. But, uh, I I have so many spiritual stories. It's insane. I'd love to hear. We're, we're going to hear. Okay, Jason, let's do some cold. Let's do some current events. All right, so Sasha Baron Cohen from Borat. Uh, he... <laughs> the suit is not. <laughs> My wife. The suit is black. <laughs> so <he> not. Goes... <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. So uh, he goes He goes to a far-right rally in, uh, in a disguise and sings a racist song after a win. Oh, my God. Uh, and he's, like, talking about, like, injecting the Wuhan flu. Oh, <laughs> my God. I love Sasha Bar and Cohen so much. You guys want to watch this? Yeah, can you play it and turn play it up pretty loud? Where I... I... <laughs> okay, pause it, pause it, pause it. Okay, we're not. It's hard gonna, to understand. It's it. two minutes long, and we're we're not gonna watch it because there's no reason for us to watch a video our, our viewers can't see. But we will explain. Once what we, we just start saw. having video, we'll. Be I think I think in the first ten seconds we understood he was. He, he was, said, yeah. "Oh, something about Obama." <laughs> so let's let's talk about Sasha Borat Cohen. I'm so glad you did this as a current event because hilarious. As a kid watching Borat, oh my god, changed my life. I sh- literally was one of the first times in my life I shit my pants. What? Yes. Like, laugh so hard, I farted and sharted. <laughs> Fart to shart, real quick. I was a young-ass kid. I don't know what... I, I just remember that story. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is, Sasha Boren Cohen was so funny and so just ridiculous. I remember watching his... It, one, some of his first films and thinking to myself, like the he dictator, did, he did Ali G, he did, and he did Borat, Bruno. he did the dictator, he did Bruno. He's so Bro. outlandish and insane. But the number one movie that sticks with me is always say on three one two three Borat Borat, Borat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's his most most known film and in that movie he has he says so many iconic things like 
my wife. <laughs> you could go on for hours talking about it, but <laughs> yeah. what you he does, get this. The, reason I, the reason I say this is that he's yeah. actually a very intelligent individual, mm-hmm. and he played these plays these characters to he's incredibly smart to out racist people and to out societal and economic problems in the world, and he yeah. does it in a way where he embodies people and he displays it so well. And he has fucking balls. That guy has balls, really. Like, cause you know, there's really so does. many. You know, there's so many ignorant people that probably don't understand his comedy. It's because he's being dead ass. He's trying to expose people. Have you he's seen not, his show? He's trying to be funny in a way, but he's also dead ass. Ha- have you seen his show? Which one? Oh, dude, it's called like This Is America or something, and it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. What? We gotta start watching it. He literally. Pretending to be a, a like a Taekwondo instructor with this very known right wing senator from like Alabama, mm-hmm. and was like buddy buddy, and, and it's a hidden camera show. So he's getting these people to do outrageous things, mm-hmm. and he was being buddy buddy with this senator trying to teach him how to fight, and he got this senator, this racist ass senator, to start saying the n word. It's all it's on his show. In the episode, I got you. Got, we gotta watch his show, dude. It's in, so this, I, I almost guarantee you, this is for his show. There's probably a new episode for his show that, that's about to come out, the new season. And the, I know a little bit more about the behind the scenes. It was a, a I far right, super far right, like he's, super Republican. He's like, it was like a, like a fucking alt right. He's underrated. Gathering. He's underrated. I'll say that. He's very underrated in mass media, but he's super respected with the people that matter. The 1% of people that have a aware yeah. mind. He's hilarious. And as someone who's a conservative and more than a liberal, like I'm more in moderate but conservative, I still love him. You're such a liberal. I'm not. You're the most liberal person I ever met. Absolutely not. I'm just kidding. Bryce is I, not liberal. I, I, think if you, I think if you are someone who calls yourself a liberal or a conservative, I think you have mental problems. Because yeah. if you, if you want to be both, on one side so hard, that means you literally cannot be taking other people's thoughts and feelings into consideration. And that's a danger to society. It's a danger to fucking our country. Choosing a side, choosing a side is not it. And I agree with Bryce there. What you got, Jason? So uh, the Italian police in... Italia. Napoli. Napoli? Yeah. There you go. Um, Naples. For all you English speakers. (laughs) Um, They literally had the largest drug bus. Whoa. It was like a billion... Euros, so that's like 1.12 billion uh, U.S. dollars mm. of amphetamine uh, seized. Dang! Did they take any uh, like big um, like kingpins down with it, or they just seized them? Billion dollars of, amp- of amphetamines. That's this crazy. is the largest drug bust ever. You said right? Yeah, ever. This is oh, the, this is the this oh, is shit. the largest drug bust ever, and it was. Suspectedly, drugs coming from ISIS, correct? Syria, yeah, ISIS. No way. So this is huge news, and it was busted in Napoli. And I'm telling you now, I've been to Naples. Yeah, my mom's from there. My, I have, I have family that's from there as well. Yeah. Not, not any trustworthy family, because <laughs> Naples is a crazy place. A lot of my family is from Sicilia and from Lazio and like Amalfi. Naples has a very strong mafia ties there. Very strong. Naples, Naples. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. Naples is a fucking dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And I rented a car from there, and we went to Positano and Amalfi with me, Martez, and Dilly. Yeah. And bro, it was the fucking shadiest thing ever. They were like, 
you know, give us 300 bucks for to rent the car for two nights. And then uh, also a thousand dollars for Euro- euros, by the way, euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also a thousand euros for the security deposit. We were like, no, no, we're going to go to another place. And as we were walking out the door, they were like, no, no, it's OK. We'll give you the car for 250 and you don't have to pay any security deposit. If well, you, it's because they if know, you give us if you give us cash now, and we were it's like because they know you're Americans. Uh, okay, that's like, why the, any any country that we travel to as Americans, it, they're gonna try to take advantage of us. They try to finesse, but I can't be finessed because I'm a global traveler and I've been around the world and I know how to finesse. When I'm like in a market or something and someone's trying to sell me something, hundred percent upsell. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely not. I'll give you a fraction of that, you know? Come it's because it works on a lot of people. I know you're nickel and dime. They continue to do it. I'd be more susceptible to give you a huge tip and pay you more if you didn't just try to fucking screw me over. Yeah. So, this is wild though, bro. 1.2 billion do of meth. Do you think Syria and the Italian mafia are working together? Is that what they're trying to say here? I think they may have some people there. It's not, it's not hard so to travel. So the mafia was buying all these drugs from Syria. Yeah, because wow, that's crazy. Europe, because of the coronavirus, a lot of manufacturers have stopped making uh, drugs. So they have to go to these outskirts yeah. in like Syria and stuff. Can you imagine $1.2 billion worth of meth? What that, could be con- what that could be doing to the world? That that was just seized? That would have ruined so many lives. And yeah. granted, granted, they'll probably find it from somewhere else. But that was a big step. And I think the war on drugs is something that's important because there's a lot of drugs that I consider things that are important. Like, for example, I think that marijuana is a drug that yeah. should be allowed. I think CBD qualities are great for patients, yeah, for sure. especially people I know. And then I also think that uh, things like mushrooms and psilocybin mm-hmm. has incredible effects on the human body and for people that are terminally ill. Yeah. I well, think even just regular people. Definitely, the, definitely. But then it, when you it, when you talk about things like eighty percent of all major company CEOs have microdosed. Yes, but when you talk about meth, that's fine. And you talk about things like meth and things like heroin that are just ruining yeah. your body. Oh my god! Like big pharma, opioids, drugs. bro. The op- dude. The, I it, can talk it, about here's this why I think the war on drugs is such a farce because. If it was, if they really cared about the war on drugs, the first people they'd be going to are pharmaceutical companies that yeah. prescribe opioids. Yeah, they're not doing that. They're not. The war on drugs was created by fucking. Honestly, it was created by the Democrats. Let's be honest. What, what happened? Okay, Bill don't Clinton, say the Democrats. Say a person. It was literally say a person that Bill was Clinton. behind it. Who? Bill Clinton. Okay, don't say Democrats then, because you're hyper- and he you're was being in prison. And hypocritical. then also Reagan too. But anyways. it was Clinton. It was Clinton. You're saying war on drugs. Well, the war on drugs started before Clinton, but Clinton really was a big proponent of in of really like locking people up for it, as well as Joe Biden, and it was it was Clinton and Mike the situation from Jersey Shore because of his abs. He held all the drugs in his abs. The bomb. His abs were so husky. He could fit. This is what I dude. I heard this from a very credible source. He could fit one point one billion dollars of amphetamines in his abs. So, dude, honestly, these guys in Italy, Mike was probably on vacation, and they just arrested Mike, and they're like, "What's? Why are your abs so defined?" And he was like, "Bro, it's like I, I got 1.1 billion dollars of am- amphetamines in my abs," and they're like, yeah. "That's the seas." He was so turned up from the from it being inside of him. He was like, "I gotta be dead honest here." Yeah, I gotta I be got, dead honest. I gotta here. tell you what's going on. You know? I've been too fucking shady to myself my whole life. I'm trying to change a leaf. <laughs> and turn a leaf. came out of nowhere and was like, "I, I got like." 
1.1 billion dollars of cocaine in my asshole. Snooki was like, damn. That's how our butts like that. Snooki was like, damn, Mickey Mouse is my dad. Anyways, what if you got butt shots and accidentally the doctor put cocaine in the butt shots and then just injected you with cocaine? Do you think they'd die? Another thing to think about, what if you got butt shots and the yeah. dude that did the injection put apple juice in the syringe? So would your, would your butt just shake around? Like, would it be sloppy? I don't or know. would it be firm? I don't know. What would happen? What if you got injected with Let's apple juice? It. Let's try it. Do you want to try it? You want to go under the needle? Apple juice. You want to? You got some, dude, think yeah. about Jason with his new haircut. He's slimming down and he's get butt implants that are apple juice. Bro, you about dude, to be a fine bitch. Let's just give you some fillers too. Some lip you, fillers. You, bro, you would, you would catfish every dude, bro. We'll give you some surgeries, brother. <laughs> dude, I, I can get, I can become a doctor. Bro, Jang bangs. Uh, Imagine me and you as doctors. Dr. Bryson Blake, tit doctors. What if we just boob surgeries every day? But we botched it on purpose. I would, I would never <laughs> botch a woman's body. That's, that's my biggest fear for anyone. No, going because under the we knife. want girls to feel beautiful the way they are. So I'd botch on purpose. Be like, you no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we would be the most renowned doctors, and every girl all over the world you know would, be, crazy? would come to us. You know what's crazy? And girls with a perfect body and perfect tits that came to us, and they were like, "Do you think we need, you know, getting the, their consultation? Do you think we need to?" Uh, you know, do you think I need to get a, a boob surgery? We're just no, like I think you're good. We're just like yeah. We, we adopt a, uh, an accent. We're like we're like no, my we we think that your tits and are nice because an accent automatically makes you more respected your in every community, nice. and especially when you're a doctor. Like you if you kind of someone that was a doctor and he was telling you about what your boobs were going to look some like lovely, in this voice, some lovely jugs there. I think that I recommend <laughs> something else. No, but. Accents aside, what if we took these women who who'd had great tits? <laughs> Accents aside, <laughs> took these who had these great tits, and we were like, you know, like you you look great already. And if if you really are committed on doing it, fine, we'll do it because it's our job. But we recommend that you don't need it because you're beautiful already. And then we give these girls so much confidence, and then we literally build off like brands for them and companies for them. And we have a branch. We would be fucking millionaires. We control the media. Empowering women. All right, what's the next current event? Blake, you remember I mentioned that uh, a soldier went missing from Fort Hood? I do. Wait, hold on, hold on. I saw. I'm. I'm sorry to stop you, but my Australian friends Facetime me. Should we answer? Because we were, because we were just, because we were just talking Australian. First off, Connor, fucking for a second every day. For a second, go for it. Connor. Connor. What's up, bro? What's going on, mate? Uh, wait, wait! I gotta, t- I gotta, I gotta tell you something. Before you speak, we're live on, on a podcast, on podcast right podcast, now, bro. and I. Shout out CSN twenty seven, Connison Design, Blinking Bio. I love Connor. It sounds like shit because it's FaceTime, but we're gonna have you on this podcast. I will, I will talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. I love you. Love Connor. All right, you fucking, you fucking can't. You fucking can't. Con all your comp, bro. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> all right, so Fort Hood. What 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 is the what's Fort Hood? So this uh, it's, it's just a military base. Okay. What yeah. state? You know? Uh, doesn't matter. Keep going. Right he here. does call me every but, day. Um, really? Yeah, it's in Texas. But I love it. But, um, one of my bu- my best buds. So she went miss last seen April twenty second. She was last seen at the fort. Really? And uh, they just found her body. Suspect shot himself, so they really can't find anything about it. But her body was literally sealed in concrete. Wait, wait, wait. So they, f- so okay, the suspect who probably put her in concrete killed himself. Yeah. 
or herself. Yeah. So they'd have no, they have no idea how she's in concrete right now. Yeah. So is it like concrete, like Han Solo in Star Wars was in like that type yeah, of concrete? That type of concrete. They poured live concrete on her? Yeah. Why? To get rid of the body. I know, but like what, what did she do? Nothing. You so, know? I mean, she told her husband that her sergeant had been sexually harassing her. Oh, shit. I just walked into the shower and just sat down. So she was someone who was calling out sexual oh, harassment yeah. and she got killed for it. Bro, April 22nd. This is today. So April 22nd. So it's like four months ago. Well, April, May, June, July. April, May, June, July. Yeah, four months. They they had to. Her family had to protest about it to get it sent out to higher ups. This even happened. That's nuts. So, so she came out with these allegations that of sexual harassment in her, in her, uh, her, her platoon. Yeah. And they killed her for it. That's insane. How do you say your name again? Galene? Oh, this is not, this is not Galene. Why are we looking at Galene? Vanessa Galene. Wait, what? Guillen. Guillen. Yeah. This is not, this is, this is not Jeffrey Epstein's Galene. This is a different person with the same last name. No, 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 no. no. Guillen is like G-H-I-A-S-L-A-I-N. How do you say this last name? Yeah. Guillen? This is Vanessa Guillen. 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 And the You're reason I know that is because there used to be a Seattle Mariners when I was a fan. I lived in Seattle. His last name was Guillen. And his name was, uh, I don't remember his first name, but it was Guillen. <laughs> Bryce, our lips and teeth are blue. Raul Abanez Raul was a very good Seattle Mariner. I noted, but our, <laughs> our lips and teeth are blue, bro. <laughs> we look Jose like- Guillen. Jose Guillen. That's his name. Who the fuck is that? He was a shortstop for uh, Seattle Mariners. You know what I really want to do? All right, what's the next? That's really sad, though. I don't like that. ASMR. All right, so uh, the UK offered Hong Kong, like, Hong Kong citizens citizenship to the UK for about two, to about 2.9 million Hong Kongers. Whoa. That's because of the new Hong Kong law, which if they talk shit about Japan, or I mean, China, yeah. they go straight to jail. So, Jang, so Jang, as an Asian American, what do you think of Hong Kongers? Bro, I should be, like, I would be pissed if I was them. Really? Like, yeah. Like, uh, I just saw, like, one guy got arrested for just having a sign up. Whoa. <laughs> okay, has Hong Kong, Hong Kong officially uh, removed wild, themselves bro. from China? No, the UK gave them back. Great Britain gave them back to China. Around what? In 19... So Hong Kong used to not be a part of China. Yeah. Okay. Broke off independently. Okay. So, so I knew, I thought that was a thing. Hong Kong split from China and then the UK gave them back recently? Or when? Do you know? And does this have any impact on you as a South Korean? Uh, zero impact. Zero impact? Okay. And so are they, is the UK saying, hey, Hong Kongers, you can come move to UK? Yeah, and China said no. So China's, is it because of Corona or is it literally just because they're because trying they to control? Wanna, they want to control them. Wow. Um, so it was in uh, July 1st, 97. Is, is when, when UK put them back? Yeah. When That's when I bust my China. first knot. Why did, when you were like, one? You said July 97? 
Yeah, July 1st. Are you one years July old? July 1st, 97. Yeah, I was like 10 months and 10 days. You busted the nut at 10 months and 10 days. That was my first nut. I was in a Carl's Jr. I remember. And <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the ball pit? Dude, the ball pit used to get me so horny as a kid. <laughs> what? I was an athlete, bro. I was surrounded by 100 plus balls. I want to just throw them at people. Oh. You know what's crazy about it? Was I? This is a really sad story. No, 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 no. It's not a sad story. It's a really funny story. But I was at the McDonald's playpen, and uh, and we're running out of time, so I'll tell it in a different time. Oh, you tease. But McDonald's tease. playpen, just rem- remind me. Any final podcast. notes? Any final notes from this podcast? This was a more serious, fun podcast. It was a good one. It really was more and serious. I think and yeah. I, I loved it. I love well, it too. I think it's gl- it's a good thing. We got our craziness out in the first couple podcasts, <laughs> three podcasts. Now we're I on mean, the fourth. This is the final preseason, bro. We're learning. Are you sure there's nothing else you want to talk about before we hit the big leagues? I think everything I want to talk about is meant for the big leagues. Me too, except one thing. How big our dicks are. No, because I told you I have a chode. My, my dick, oh, is, right. my dick is inverted. It Dude, goes you know what's funny inside of me is I am a person that has very big dick energy, and me telling people how big my dick is is the opposite of that. So I think we should both say that we have chodes. I think you just caught on to my strategy. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm so mad you called me out like that, but okay, no. But <laughs> which the is thing, why I also the did thing this I wanted there. to talk about. Um, Whoa! Wait a second. Whoa! Go, Jason. Go do this one. Actually, did you see that too? Yeah. So the Golden State Killer finally admits, I mean, they caught him. They arrested him? No, I, this is not what I was talking about. I want, no, keep going, keep going. Nah, 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 nah. No, this, is a, this is a big deal. Who's the Golden State remember, Killer? Remember, he killed like, he raped like Patton 50 Oswald. Patton Oswalt no. is the Golden State no. Killer? No, his no, wife. No, his wife. Yeah. His wife. Is, like, is the Golden State Killer. Patton Oswalt's no, wife. No, no, no. No, I'm just kidding. She's the one who found out who it was. Yeah, she, she was an investigator. She, wrote she was, a book yeah. and died three years ago from cancer. R.I.P. Patton Oswalt's wife. Wife. Yeah. She wrote a book. Sorry to that, hear that. Found out who the Golden State Killer was. She was. It, uh, she was obsessed with obsessed with, it. with trying to find out who the Golden State Killer was. Are you and kidding Patton me? Oswalt's wife found out who it was. That's so badass. I know. And, and it's just coming out now that she found it. No, no, that's been known. No, they but they used, they couldn't they find him. Oh, they, they couldn't find the killer. Yeah, they just arrested him. He, he killed over he 50 and cop. raped 50 people. He was a cop. Say it louder. He was a fucking pig. He was a cop. Oink. He killed 50 people and raped like 50 women. Oink, oink. He's a cop. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you hear that? Oink. Oink, 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 oink. oink. And Dude. those are the type of people, the fact that he was even ever allowed to be a cop... That's all you have to say. You see how we talked about two extremes though today? Like I, I knew some really fucking cool cops when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then we also know some shitty cops. It's the not Golden a Golden ge- State Killer is one of the top it's not a generalization. Of all time. It's He's not a, a generalization that every single cop I know sucks ass. Like the whole no. all cops are bastards thing, like A cab. A cab. I don't know. I don't like that because I have I friends whose parents are cops Same. who are some of the nicest, coolest people I've ever met. Yeah. And maybe they're just uneducated on where the police came from. That's it. Because I think a lot of people that are police officers don't know really where becoming a police officer came from. Yeah, it spawned in, in Britain um, before America was even colonized. And police, because there was this is what people don't know, is that there was slavery. It spawned from slavery. In, there was slavery in Britain before there was ever slavery in America. And 
these police were 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 meant and they were created to make sure black people did not stop being slaves. Like if they escaped the pl- plantation, the police were the people who grabbed them and created. brought them back. They were created and to they protect white came people's to America objects. as well, and they were doing the same thing in America. And they're still and doing the same thing today. Yeah, it's fucked up. But it's just a which is why I know what you right wanted now. to say when you said if if this and then when we were talking about this story when you were in the gas station you ran away as a as a kid yeah you were like if I was and then you're like I don't even want to talk about that I know what you're about to say if you yeah. were a black little kid yeah would have been way different if I was a black little kid I wouldn't have got that starburst nah you probably would have been arrested <laughs> what def- if Bro. I was a black little kid, you really you really can't make the assumption. But no. from where I grew up and from the history of Philadelphia police and what they come from, I'm getting in trouble. Yeah. When I caused the you know the car accident with all the cars and stuff, like your parents being held I, liable. I yeah. never. My parents weren't liable. I never even was considered. They would have been. Well, the, the people at the front desk didn't say it was caused by me. Yeah. And nobody ever. Question, because I was putting the pop car, gave my Starburst, drove home. So they could never find the kid who caused the crash, right? If I was a little black kid, it would have been a different story. That's crazy. That is crazy. What a, a nice little podcast we did, bros. Episode four in the books. is in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're still listening to the Bryson Blake podcast, thank you, number one. I, we really do appreciate you guys. We're going to get into some cool stuff. I know you've sat through or didn't sit through four episodes now. We're going to have some guests on. It's about to get spicy. And we know you loved our preseason. Now we're about to take it to the big leagues. We know you love the pre-jack. Now you're about to get <laughs> the, the pre-e-jack, bro. Yeah. Pre-cum. Now you're about to get Now it's the... time to get blasted. Get glazed, get bitch. Get glazed. And we're out. You just got glazed, bitch. <laughs>